Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, yo, welcome to episode 31 of the Stay Grounded podcast. Super excited to be introducing today's guest, uh, Ms. Siobhan Morant. So Siobhan is a business advisor, a master coach, and this is the most important part. She is an energetic thought leader. Now, I know that sounds crazy, um, but Siobhan has mastered the use of energy to help over 25,000 people uh, achieve freedom and flow in their life. And you know, when I first met Siobhan, she's a good friend of mine. When I first met her, um, I was actually pretty surprised at how uh, how light and 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 just happy she her presence was when I was around her. Like she just seemed to be kind of flowing through life as opposed to forcing it or or trying to make decisions. And it, it really intrigued me. And the more I got to know her, the more I realized that these are skills that can be taught and learned in your own life. And so uh, she has Siobhan has got an amazing story and has gone through so much from losing loved ones to her own near-death experience to overworking her way through business. I mean, she's really seen every high and low you can possibly imagine. And, and it's been amazing to see kind of how her own journey has influenced uh, what she teaches now to, to thousands of people around the world. Uh, so I'm super excited that she gets to share it today. She actually even makes her training free for us um, at UnleashYourProsperity.com where you can kind of get uh, introduced to these concepts of flow. So once you listen to the interview, if it's something you're interested in, definitely go check it out. She's given it all away for free. And, 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 and it's, this concept has been something that's huge in my own life. And I attribute a lot of my own uh, propensity for saying yes to things and just wanting to explore more and trust my gut and instinct uh, to the things that Siobhan has taught. And so super excited for her to be uh, here today with us. And so before we get started, if you haven't already, like, uh, subscribe, review, and rate the podcast on whatever medium you choose to, to, to listen to it on. And if you have any questions or anything, you want to get in touch, shoot me an email at chiefbrewer at javapress.com. I'm here for you and I want to hear from you. So anyways, I'm going to stop rambling. And without further ado, please uh, welcome Ms. Siobhan Moran. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Stay Grounded podcast. Uh, you know me, but uh, you don't know who our guest is, uh, Mrs. Siobhan Moran. How are you, Siobhan? They're awesome. How are you? I'm super excited. I uh, So Siobhan is, you guys already know this from the intro, but she is a friend of mine and a somebody that I learn a lot from. And so I'm just really excited to ask all the questions that I've always wanted to ask her, just have never gotten around to asking her. 
<laughs> so hope you're all right with that, Siobhan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, let's dive in. Um, so you're clearly uh, somebody who believes in the power of energy, um, believes in the connectedness that energy has. How did this come about? Um, yeah. At what points in your past do you feel led you to where you are right now, to where you're trusting this, this flow and this energy to the point you are today? Yeah, I mean, a couple of pivots. It's, it's kind of a long story, longer than most people's stories, but a um, uh, couple of pivots. One, three years old, heard something from my mom. I told her something and she freaked me out and she was like, never tell another soul. <laughs> <laughs> and so I really, I, I actually kind of got shy, I guess, because of that. And really what I was doing is I was just interpreting and uh, dealing with the energetics. And so uh, I remember in high school, like I go to parties and I'd end up somehow in a corner and I'd have all these people who's sitting around me and they'd be asking me all these questions about their life and what they're going to do. And I was like, that's cool. And they said, I should be a psychologist or a psychiatrist. And I was like, oh no, that sounds depressing. Uh, so I go off to, uh, be a computer programmer. <laughs> and, Exciting. Um, so yeah. fitting. <laughs> um, it made sense for the way I was thinking, uh, they didn't know where to put me. I lived in a little tiny town. They didn't know where to put me. So they put me in this, uh, extracurricular activity, which was computer programming because I'd already done all of my credits by 10th grade. So they were like, all right, well, let's put her here. So I kind of ended up over here and I'll get into why that's important. Uh, and then I decided that computer programming people look kind of sick and dead and <laughs> they didn't really interact with the world. And I needed to learn how to go out and speak to people. So I got into sales and marketing, went to school for sales and marketing and uh, how to communicate in a way that made sense to people. Yeah. And so school does a nice thing and they give you a great springboard, but it still wasn't enough. So I actually took a job in a company that was an insurance company and uh, they're the ones who moved me to California because that was my dream. I yeah. always, since I was a child, wanted to move and live in California, so I do now. And uh, the first thing that happened when I came out here after I promptly left that job, even though they were gracious to get me out here, uh, was I started working for this little company that had uh, computer accessories, like all of these things that we know now, like keyboard arms and drawers and stuff like that. Yeah. So they were the inventor of that. And I, there were 12 of us when we started, and I didn't understand that I had these other kind of things that other people don't. So we go and we do photo shoots, and I'd say, you got to move it like this, and you got to be like this, and it's got to look a particular way. It's got to have a texture. And the challenging thing for somebody like me who gets energy is it seems like you have a need to be right, but when you see the energy of how it could be and how it could be really massively amazing, unless you have a language set around it, it's a mess. And so I had a lot of convincing to do with people. And when they finally came around to it is my marketing would work every single time. So that was cool. Then fast forward, my husband dies, and the first thing that uh, my dad's best friend says to me when she's visiting is she said, hey, 
now's the time when you're going to find out what your gifts are and what you're here to do. And I was like, uh, okay, whatever you're saying, my whole world had just been collapsed. Yeah. It sounded like good advice. And the one thing she said that I still live by today is she said, say yes to everything. And I was like, oh, and this is what my head sounded like. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Only plan. <laughs> thing. That's exactly how I still hear it in my head. So that led me to uh, stay at the job, help this other company that I'd moved into grow and leave and try to not work for a year. <laughs> Tell an entrepreneur not to work for a year. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, anyway, I ended up running a museum. I didn't, I didn't know anything about museums. I'm trying not to work for a year. I just went to volunteer. <laughs> So fast forward a little bit more and then I got sick and I got misdiagnosed and I nearly died. God, so much packed in this like one story. Oh no, (laughs) it's like these pivots that are important. So, and there are lessons in each of them for everyone. So I hope you're getting a lesson from it, but uh, nearly died, didn't find out. And I was helping a company that was a pharma company get built, found out I didn't believe in drugs. So I didn't want to take any drugs. <laughs> I was gonna, I had this thing in my head that if I can build a company, I can heal my body. Yeah. I didn't know anything from anything. Like I'd never even had a freaking massage before. So <laughs> how could I possibly know that? But that's really what was playing in my head. And so I let them inject me with this stuff. And I went home and I thought, well, if I can build a company, I can fix this. Yeah how to be like a code. So that's what I started thinking. And then I healed myself. And then I took a class on how energy works. And I was like, oh, this is what these other weird loony people over here are talking about. But they don't know how to really speak it out into the world that is safe and sane. I get it. I have this. I've always had this. So I was like, cool. I'll just keep myself healthy for the rest of my life. Yay. Nice. Then, universe always has a plan, right? Our soul has a plan for us. Go to Nepal. I'm at Base Camp Everest. A lady in our group has a massive stroke, and I'm using these tools that I'd used on myself. And I worked on her for seven hours, and she lived and was walking and talking. Wow. And I was like, holy crap, I am building companies. I like my specialty is like getting companies from an idea to big and sold. Or if they don't want to be sold, just big and really into their mission. And I was like, dang, I use this and this and this process. And this woman is alive. And what I'm doing over here is not that important. And I need to do more of that. And so I came back kind of on fire and I don't know what happened, but people started coming to me to have them healed or helped or changed, whatever that was. And the first woman that came to me, she begged me, somehow she got my phone number. She begged me and begged me, begged me to come to her house. And I'm like, really? You know, I'm like, I'm like over here building this pharma company. Right. Doing a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Saving lives, building companies. Come on. I'm like, I'm not doing, no. And I was like, wait a minute. Okay. Let's just go and see. Okay. I agreed. And she said, I have cancer. And I was like, oh my God. Um, 
Okay. She said, I have heard some things about you and what you're doing and I need your help. And I think you're the only one who could do it. And I was like, okay. I said, well, all I have is uh, this technology. It works. It worked on me. It's worked on a few other people. Let's see. And she had a short amount of time to live. And I was like, oh, okay, I don't know what else to do. So I tried and worked with her a couple of times. And she did. She did live. And the cancer was gone. And I was like, what? Okay, this is bizarre. So people kept coming. I started one clinic, two clinics, three clinics, four clinics. I st people just kept coming. And um, so then I started a school. So what happened along the journey was that I realized that not everybody, it took me a long time, I realized that not everybody has this as an innate skill to pull it apart, make it safe and sane for the rest of the world to use, and actually use it in his business and a body at the same time. And I was that person. So that's kind of how I ended up here. Let me ask you something. What does energy mean for you? Mm -hmm. um, and let's say I don't know anything about energy. and I'm sitting here. How do you explain it to me mm -hmm. um, in a way that, I guess, just for you? Like, how do you, how do you communicate with someone like me? Yeah. Uh, so I say, have you ever gone into a space or room and you were feeling really good before you went in and all of a sudden you feel like crap? Has that ever happened? Yeah. Right. That's energy. It doesn't make sense, but you have a sense that it, it was like something changed and we blame ourselves. Uh, and 98% of our world, like there's only this and all of this stuff around us. This is like less than 2% that's yeah. physical. So we have 98% that we don't know or utilize. I accept a little bit in breath and that's about it. And there are all of these other textures uh, around us that we are being impacted by, whether we like it or not, whether we know it or not. And they're actually influencing our choices and decisions. So if you think about crowd mentality, crowd mentality is you get caught up in a whole bunch of people's energy and you get moving in that direction. Mm. That's crowd mentality. That's energy. So that there are different textures. And until you take stock of who you are and learn that there are other textures outside of you helping to influence you, impact you, then you're going to live by words that are in the old mind way, which is um, your environment matters. It does matter, but your your energy of your environment matters. So there, all of these beautiful things are important, but it's not enough. Why did you use the word textures to describe energy? Great question. Because uh, does it make sense why maybe we're not really doing anything? We're kind of hanging out with ourselves and all of a sudden our hands feel dirty. Mm -hmm. Right. Why does it, why would that be? Well, there's stuff, there's a texture that is coming. Why, uh, why does it feel like mucky and sticky when we're hugging one person and it feels light and bright and airy and wonderful when we hug another person, you know? So those are different textures. 
Mm, that's great. Now, for someone who doesn't have that innate sense to to be able to feel those things, how do you cultivate the sensitivity towards energy and textures so that you can practically start to make decisions off of the different textures you feel and lean towards one over the other? Yeah. yeah so I like to keep it super simple because, it, you know, using my coder background, right, it has to be simple. The simplest code is the most elegant code. Yeah. Right? Keep it simple, stupid. Yep. And <laughs> the most elegant code, but we've made it really complicated. So if you say something like I was talking about a room, you're walking into a room. Okay. Well, that's another awareness. Uh, say that you are around somebody that makes you feel good. That's another awareness. So you start with simple, simple things. Uh, and then is it okay if I give you like a little experiment? Please. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So in your left hand, uh, whisper the word um, struggle. Let's do whisper the word struggle. Got it. Um, so anything, do you feel anything? Uh, not really, no. Okay, perfect. In your right hand, you're going to put uh, joy. Is there a distinction between the right hand and left hand? Do they feel any different? The right one feels warmer. Great. So that's a texture. So that's the first level of distinction. So every single word has an energy that it does or does not do. We just don't know how it really gets utilized to our highest and greatest benefit. So you start with simple, simple things. Okay. So if words carry that much energy, does it, is that why, I guess like when I think about like all the positivity books and, and things I've read, they're always like power of the spoken word. Is that kind of what you're referring to is, is, is the power of what you're saying or is it the power of what you're thinking or is it a power of, of how you hold yourself kind of where does this energy sort of like, how do you start to connect with energy um, in a more seamless way? Or like, what are some practical ways that you can just kind of tap into it? Mm -hmm. uh, seamless would be your heart, right? Your heart is one of the greatest uh, machines of your body and then your head, but really we use our head and then we use our heart. Mm, yeah. <laughs> heart is the thing that emanates so many wonderful things, but we're so freaking caught in our head. We have to get into our heart. So the, the thing that I actually learned when I was in Nepal, which is super cool and your family's from another country. So maybe you get this is, uh, they'd walk around everywhere on the trail for 15 days is we, they'd say, namaste, 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 you know, and I'm corporate. So, and I'm just in Nepal and I was yeah. like, dang, that's so cool. <laughs> everyone, everyone is doing this. And what I realized is they're actually, they're taking and they're sharing their heart energy and they're saying, hello, I would love to talk to you from my heart. Mm. We don't do that. We talk from here and all of this filters, all of these crazy filters that we have. So the first one would be, you know, this is the simplest way is to tap your heart. It's really simple, simple, simple. Uh, to connect to it, you know, where does it emanate? It emanates from our history, our psychology, our family, our friends, our loved ones, our environment. I'll give you a great statistic. Take a millionaire, multimillionaire, and put him in, uh, put him in a barrio, put him in a, in a slum, and his 
millionaire energy rubs on off on all the people and he loses more money energy. And they've done statistics, they've done uh, uh, studies on this that, that somebody in that environment, their money actually starts to dissipate. Mm. That's why you always want to be around somebody who has more upward trending energy. Um, mm. So it is generated from us, but it is also generated from all of our, you know, whatever we're willing to step into and identify as a, a hurt, an energetic hurdle. So take this for a second. You, active, you asked about words. I didn't realize this when I was growing up. My dad was, you know, always ensuring that we use the right words. And I, I've become kind of like an energy linguist because you can say affirmations all day long, but if you don't have the right words that are specific to you and your psychology, it is never going to sink in. It's why those affirmation things kind of sort of maybe only work for a minute or don't work at all, or they yeah. take 20 years to work. Yeah, of course. Now, what, let's talk emotions because that's something that I've always like when I'm feeling a certain emotion, I feel more energetic, whether it be joy or anger. So, so how do like how do these emotions sort of play into the idea of energy and and how em, how important is being emotionally aware of what's going on? Uh, so we're in a time now where we're in more of the feels, right? Uh, and the feels are actually hurting us mm. because the feels don't matter. It's not about, I feel this, or I feel that it's what is really actually happening in your brain, in your mind and in your body. What is actually, actually happening? So all the feels are actually kind of irrelevant. Mm. Uh, anger is destructive energetically. Uh, I love this um, idea of anger energy. Um, I don't have any picture I can show you at hand, but imagine a whole bunch of uh, jagged uh, rocks, you know, like a, you know, a whole bunch of jagged edges. And that's anger energy. And somebody feels that. They can feel it. Like you hear, I'm being st I feel like I'm being stabbed in the back. Well, energy actually can do that. So... Feels are nice, uh, but the truth is something more in our own, the way we behave and live. Anger is because we're not telling ourselves a truth about something. And love and joy and peace and, and all of those things, they're going to move energy more easily. So when I first started, I'll give you this example. When I first started, I would like have my hand real intense and it was like, yeah, we're going to do this. Yeah. And energy moves like this. Yeah, we're going to do this. I, I can move way more energy with my hand like that than I can with, you see the distinction? Yeah, absolutely. So take me back. Um, Cause this is something that you've mentioned in your intro, like when we were, when you were telling your initial story and you said there were a lot of lessons along the way during your near death experience, tell me about the role energy played there um, and, and walk me through it. Uh, because I'm curious, I mean, you've helped so many people with their own near death experiences or people who are on the brink of death. What about yourself? How did that come back to yourself? And how did that start this path? Mm. Uh, I would say it's because I had this unique level of certainty. Uh, somebody asked me the other day, 
who's close to me said, so why are you always like so direct and you kind of say whatever you say? <laughs> you know, people are a little like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, there's a reason because I have had probably way more traumas than anybody could fathom living through. And uh, when you have that many, it's like life is too bloody short. Yeah. If you don't get to the core of the thing, we're not going to make a dent in what we're here to do as a soul, as a human. We're not going to make a dent in the things we believe in to shift. So the as soon as my husband left, I was just like, screw it. I'm going to say whatever. <laughs> and um, after I nearly lost my own life because I had given so much of my essence and my energy to these other businesses I was growing. I didn't know how to stop that from draining out of me. And then I had to rework all of the code and be like, wait, I don't have, I don't have to give all of mine away. Yeah. I just have to, I have to learn the sequence. I have to embody a sequence. And so I started rewinding the sequence and it was kind of like in that when I was laying on the emergency room table, it's a very vivid memory. Uh, and I remember thinking, okay. And they were off mixing the cocktail that they were going to save my life with. And I, I was saying, I was laying there for about an hour in excruciating pain. And I remember laying there thinking, okay, I'm not here left to just do this and go. If I can build companies, I got to be able to figure this out. I'm going to let them inject me. But I think there's more. I think I've been living like there's more. I just have to figure out what that looks like and make that work for me. And um, the fascinating thing is I was referred to a doctor <laughs> that I said, listen, I'm not going to take any drugs after this. Uh, and we're going to do this in a way that maybe may not make sense to you, but this is what I have to do. And he said, okay, I'm on board. So let's get you healed. <laughs> and so he gave me some ways to eat. And, and uh, he said, we well, need to learn to meditate. And I was like, oh, you're going to get this to shut up? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay. Uh, so I really started rewinding all of that when I was laying there on my sofa, not being able to do anything. I started rewinding all of that and thought, okay, this is totally doable. I, I can create something. I'm a coder. I can figure out the process. And so that's really what I started reworking. And I use that every day. Let me ask you this. Do you think your life would have taken a different turn if you didn't have that rock bottom? Well, which rock bottom? That one. <laughs> The, my own near death your own near death uh, I would probably be president of a pharmaceutical company now so I'd be doing something in this realm just in a different way yeah yeah now how do you how do you think that because that's something I've always realized like for me um like I haven't had any knock on wood any near death any 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 like low points to the point where I've had to reevaluate, but I know that some of life's biggest lessons come or life's biggest realizations come from those rock bottom moments. But they don't you, yeah. So I guess that's what I want to ask. Like, what is the perspective that like, 
do I have to hit rock bottom to have these realizations? And if not, how do I go about having them? No, you, you don't. Um, everybody has their own spiritual journey, their own soul journey, whatever that is. Uh, everybody has their own unique thing and it doesn't have to be rock bottom. However, I didn't really have access to people who understood how to speak to me. So I really had to figure out that language because now we have access to podcasts and television and, you know, things that are things that really get you to wake up to ideas. And so if you're willing to embark on discomfort, that's the key. If you're willing to embark on discomfort on your journey, whatever that journey is, then the rock bottom doesn't have to be so severe. It doesn't mean you won't have bottoms because that's just ridiculous. Nature is nature. We're, yeah. part of, we're going to have a, an ebb and a flow. We're going to have a high and a low. They just don't have to be high and low like this, high highs and low lows. They can be more fluid and upward trending Is that's because that's what we teach. That's my whole uh, platform is, you know, it can be more ease and grace uh, on the journey. I love that. And I love the, when you embrace discomfort, you almost kind of normalize the struggle. Like it, it, it becomes something that you're used to. So then the, the, what you would, what you would have considered bottom doesn't have to be bottom. It's just, you're living through it. True. True. I, I didn't really consider any, any of that rock bottom. I mean, really, it, when I tell the story, I don't really think any of it's rock bottom. I mean, I think it's, each of those pieces to the puzzle, you know, and all of the different things that happened before and since it's all of those pieces are just awesome opportunities to bring another dimension to helping humanity be more of what it's meant to be. We're energetic beings inside of a body that needs to interact with things like this and Wi-Fi and stuff. And as we get more engaged with invisible energies, this becomes more and more critical to address and learn and master. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what does your own personal journey look like when it comes to taking what you've learned and going even further? It's like, how are you growing your own capacity to, to channel and harness energy? Mm. Well, I have a kind of a sole purpose of how many can I disseminate this training, understanding, next level two. And, uh, you know, we've had thousands, tens of thousands, many, many tens of thousands. And it's really, how do I formalize this in a system? So we, last year we created a school mm. to, uh, and it's an actual school. So we created a school that teaches people how to master their energy. Yeah. And uh, that has a podcast and has a, you know, a physical location and we have certified trainers all over the United States. We have our, we have two coming from other countries now all of a sudden. So a year ago, um, we didn't really have a school. We had, you know, things that I would teach, et cetera. But so now it's a formalized school. So that's one way. Um, I write incessantly. Uh, I have done, you know, multiples of podcasts. It's really about how many how many souls can I light up? So it goes back to a memory I had of kind of being whacked over the head uh, by a spiritual, <laughs> some spiritual guy. And, uh, and I remember 
kind of having this vision of, dang, there are a lot of little lights out there that are so dim. I got to brighten them up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And there are billions of them. So I've got a lot of work to do. So it's really about how do I disseminate that out into the world so people can disseminate it out into their own world. Because if I can, I can help one person, but if I can help a person who has a company uh, whether it's they have one or two or five or 5,000 people that report to them, then, then I've lit up more souls. So. Absolutely. Now, speaking of lighting up souls, um, you had mentioned something in your, in your story about the power of saying yes. And I kind of tabled that because, um, I wanted to come back to that uh, and I'm coming back to it now. Um, what, what does the power of saying yes mean? I mean, I've seen it in my own life where, you know, you can't really connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. Uh, and so the things I've said yes to at certain times I didn't want to say yes to always led to something even bigger and better. So how does the power of saying yes show up in your own life? And, and, and what is the power of saying yes? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it could be something as simple. Recently I was in Africa and I stayed an extra four days and I kind of like to do this little self-adventure kind of thing of like, I have no plans. Let's see what happens. And, uh, it makes me stay connected to the uncertainty. I was like, I need to go to this place called Durban. I don't, I didn't even know what that was. (laughs) It's like, I just got to go here. So I go and I don't have a raw, you know, I mean, it's, just, it's really, you just put it myself in, in circumstances. And uh, I find out that Gandhi's original settlement was in Durban. I'm like, yeah, man, there we go. That's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, going there. And I get this little Uber driver and I'm like, so can I have you for the whole day? And he's like, um, and I said, and you're going to say yes, right? <laughs> So, you know, it's little things like that and had an amazing, amazing experience. Ended up talking with a Zulu warrior priest and gave him some blessing. He was like, you have something special. Just like, what? You know, that's a yes. That's a weird yes. Then there are the business yeses of like, okay, um, spend a huge amount of money to engage with one person you want to hang out with for three hours and, and see what that is. And it's like, okay, yes, that's exactly right. Uh, or I remember one of my first, uh, interesting yeses was I was invited to go and study something in the Philippines. And I was like, huh? Okay. It's kind of weird. I was like, sure. Yes, of course I'm going to go. And I went and, you know, I helped them build a, a, a whole platform of uh, spiritual teach spiritual teachers and students for like 500,000 students. And I was like, Oh yeah, cool. Couldn't have ever done that without saying yes. Uh, so it doesn't always look easy, simple, fun. Uh, like I have the time. Uh, like it is financially viable, but it always, always is a hundred percent aligned. How do you, so what's the importance of saying yes? Well, yes. If you think about yes, energy, uh, yes, energy is fluid and flowing and it's kind of like a, kind of like a more positive, consistent, fluid river. 
know is assuming the head. The head is assuming it needs to figure it out. And the yes is the heart going, of course, you are 100% safe and taken care of. And the no is the head going, oh, I got to know how it looks. I got to know how, what the ROI is. I got to know all of these nuances. Um, I was writing to uh, one of our inner tribes this morning. <laughs> and I remember one of my early turnarounds for a company uh, that came through the energy stuff. And finally one day I decided to ask them, why is it that you have stuck around? Why is it, you know, you think you've had so much success with this work we've done? He said, no matter how weird or stupid I thought it was, I just said yes and did whatever you said. And now he has a $40 million company. I was like, okay, cool. That makes sense. Cool. So it just really turns things on. It lights things up. How do you feel? Um, how does saying yes feel? Well, try this. So close your eyes for a second. Okay. And say, no, 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 no. And check into your body. No, 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 no. Check into your body. Tell me what it feels like. Feels like no. I mean, just, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't really feel like anything. It just feels like I'm just sitting here. Is your breathing kind of shallow? Is it deep? Is it what's happening? It feels shallow. I feel like feel bored yeah. in, a, in a sense. Yeah. Got it. So now say yes, 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 yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I feel better. I feel more uplifted. I, that's really weird. I don't understand that. <laughs> I don't, I don't get it. Well, it's like, cause like how do words have such a power? Um, like, is it like, how do, how do words just naturally carry that, that power with you to, to, to be able to, change a mood or, or change a feeling or, 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 or change the outcome. Like it, it's, it, that's crazy to me. I, I, I don't, yeah, I'd love to hear your take on that. Well, we go back to some of the ancient writings and it's just like in the beginning was there was light and then there was, and then the word. And so we have to deal with energy as light. And then we have to deal with the word. And if we don't deal with the word in a way that is more light then we will have a lower, more difficult experience if we go toward more light-oriented things, with a caveat, I will say. Because each of our own psychologies, and I mentioned this before, has uh, words and ways that help us get lighter. And it doesn't mean that it's like, I don't know, all of these other, the secret way or the, you know, all of these things, we actually have our own way. And that's what energy, that's what we teach is how energy gets you to your word and your solution and your way of life. So words have power, but before a word is an energy. Hmm. How do I understand my own energy? Like what words I need to be saying? How do I understand? So me. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. So you just so, so it's not the brain, it's the heart. It's 100% not the brain. It's it's the heart, but it's also awareness of all right, this person feels good. This person feels poopy. This is odd. Wonder what's going on there. It's really having and kind of taking note of each circumstance and recording it and saying this is right, this is right. Not the feels, but 
awareness. Let me ask you this. So there are certain concepts uh, that always bring me and I've noticed a lot of people like universal concepts that bring you back into a positive energy, like gratitude, right? So when you feel grateful for something, you're naturally like bringing in a really good vibe and feeling within yourself. Uh, Why are certain words universal to, or certain concepts universal to everybody and then certain ones very unique to you? So we have uh, fleas and cockroaches, yes? Yeah. And we have birds and eagles, yes? Yeah. Fleas and cockroaches kind of go in the dark and hidden and, you know, they're small and they're kind of sneaky and, you know, so on and so forth. And birds and eagles, you know, they're flying and they're soaring and they're looking, they're looking down. So they're different energies, if you think of it like that. So energy, an energy of gratitude. We did this study when I first started this. Uh, we did this study about a hundred people, including people in prison, to see the difference between love and gratitude. Because I was trying to prove something I had in my brain that didn't make sense that I couldn't explain. So. A scientist, of course, I was like, okay, I'm going to see if even the most hardened criminals have love or gratitude. And what it proved out is that gratitude vibrates more like the eagle, higher. Uh, and even the most hardened criminals have gratitude for at least one thing, which blew my mind. And uh, whatever else is going on in their world, it's irrelevant. So gratitude gives us the ability to soar and it gives wings to things that we've said yes to. Hmm. That's a beautiful way of looking at it. So it, it almost like, it's like a power source, if you would, more than a concept or a word. It's, it's, it's almost like, like you're like by engaging with gratitude, you're, you're unlocking your ability to become the eagle. Is that kind of, is that a good, is that a good wraparound? So it's kind of like love is here and gratitude is like, "Mm." okay. Yeah. So it's all, it's all connected. So, um, God, I love this. And, And what I love about this most is that it's, it's very empowering to have the ability to create and connect with things that light you up. And, and, and what I love about you and what you teach and the way you show up is that it's all, nothing is out of your control. Um, so for someone who might feel like everything is out of control, how do you, how do you bring them back to center into this world? Yeah. Cause you know, that's where people come to me from is everything's ah, <laughs> you know, on a roller coaster or they're highly sensitive and they just really want to isolate. And uh, it's really about starting with simplicity because if we get into the head, it's not simple. Mm, we're going to try to work it. We're going to try to Einstein it basically. Cause if you think about Einstein, he was talking about these principles in some way, just in formulaic ways. And then when you look at his, you know, quotes and readings and things like that, he lived by this, but he didn't have a way to express it except through numbers. Mm. I just express it through uh, texture and teaching people how to interact with their own body and their own energy and their business, that kind of number. Uh, So the the basic start is 
you know, walk around with your hand on your heart. Start with that. Be a little ridiculous and, and just start with something as simple as that and see what happens. Um, I have a, a client who has kind of a meanie, meanie client. <laughs> That's not her word she used, but. <laughs> and uh, I was like, well, this is what we're going to do. And so every time she talks to this client, you know, she's got her hand on her heart. And she said, it turns around. It takes a while, but it turns around every time. So if we don't start with here, if we don't start with the conversation from here, we're always going to try to do it here. And nobody can hear anything from here. Uh, we're trying to solve the world's problems from here, not here. Is that why you think vulnerability is such an important trait for connecting with people? Because it's coming from here? Mm, I think vulnerability is an ability for people to see that you're not above them. It, it's less ego. And it says, you know, hey, I'm just on the human journey just like you. I, I may be like 100 steps ahead. I may be one step ahead. But uh, it, vulnerability gives, gives the world presence to the fact that, hey, you know what? Everybody's had something. You look at Buddha. I mean, holy smokes. That dude probably had all kinds of stuff. You know, yeah. you look at all, of the, all of the teachers, you know, they all had some sort of like journey that they had to go through and had to talk about how vulnerable they were and how kind of it sucked. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, I love, God, this is why I love, I love, I love your perspective on things. Like I said, it, it empowers me in a lot of different ways. And what's beautiful is that like now I'm sitting here, right? I'm sitting in a, an amazing state. And after talking to you, I feel 10 times better uh, in many ways. Now, if somebody's in a relationship or in a friendship or in some way where this type of interaction isn't happening, how do you turn that around? Mm, like you I can't change somebody else, but you can change the way you show up. So how does, how does that work? And how does that look? Yeah, the, you have to step into what you're willing to do for you and about you and around you because the truth of the matter is we're actually all the creators of our own universe. Whatever we see in front of us is exactly what we created, whether we like it or not, whether it feels good or not, it just is. And now what do we do to unwind it, rewind it, and make something into it? And maybe you don't have tools. Maybe maybe your windshield is so cloggy that all you can see is what I call poopy bill. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Poopy bill. <laughs> it's just like it's super cloudy and maybe all you can see is booby bill and, and that's okay that's that's when you need help that's when you need somebody to help clean the windshield for you so you can take that next step so i mean you asked earlier about you know what do i do sometimes i end up in really interesting circumstances that are so not clarity bill and happy bill <laughs> but i know they i'm there to bring a little bit of uh, cleaning of the windshield for them to see something new, do something new, shift something. And maybe it's just my presence uh, because of the tools I use and I have. Uh, yeah. I'm going to have a lot of ability to help others. I love it. So if somebody wanted to learn more about kind of some of these tools from you, yeah. uh, how would I, how would we even get started? We start people really small and slow and unless you're really this is how i this is how people have interacted with me my entire time of doing this over 20 years and it still blows my brain is uh 
the soul always knows and then the personality has to try to figure out what the frick is the soul knowing that gets has to get me to a yes and figure out what action step and so we actually start people super super simple um with something like unleash your prosperity now i think of prosperity is all of energy most people think of prosperity is money but that's okay uh money and energy are the same i'm just giving you a bridge and the more money you have, the more ability you have to actually fulfill your soul's potential and go through this stuff that you need to go through to get to the other shore anyway. Um, so we start with that, Unleash Your Prosperity. And, um, and then the people who know, I always say just follow that knowing because it's always going to turn out into your most amazing success if you say yes, the challenge is getting beyond this to say yes. I love that. I love you. Uh, you make me happy. Um, so yes, we will, Siobhan, this has been such a jam packed interview. with so much goodness. Um, I have one last question for you that actually I have many more questions for you, but we're running out of time. So I'm going to ask you one, uh, super question that I ask all of our amazing guests who are on the show in the midst of, everything you've been through, the amount of people you've helped, where you're going and where you've come from, how do you stay grounded every day? I have a solid routine. I have a meditation practice. I have energy practices. I have, um, I have a, if I, if I'm feeling mad, sad, worried, weird, off something, uh, I'm going to go and serve somebody. That's how I stay grounded is um, if something's a little funky or stuck, it's like, how many people can I serve today? Let's go. Come on. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So when in doubt, guys, just help people. Um, go make them laugh. Go hug them. Go feed them. We have a charity because we because of this, you know, uh, go make them laugh. Go hug them. Go feed them. And, uh, or go teach them. Yeah. The four <laughs> so much love. Oh my gosh, Siobhan, this has been an amazing conversation. I hope everybody listening got as much uh, juice out of this as I did. I'm sitting here with like my, I'm going to have to re-listen to this a couple times uh, just to like internalize a lot of these concepts. But everybody, uh, that's a wrap for this episode of the Stay Grounded podcast. Um, I'm your host, Raj. This is your friend, Siobhan. And from us, uh, Stay Grounded. We will chat with you soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of the Stay Grounded podcast brought to you by Java Press Coffee Company. My name is Raj, and I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to make daily happiness a priority. If you're interested in learning more about how your morning coffee can turn into a consistent source of joy in your life, visit www.javapress.com to learn how our products can help you do that and use the coupon code podcast for 10% off your purchase. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay Grounded.